You're listening to the Deconstructing Success podcast. I am your host, Tima Alhaj. Have you ever wondered what happens behind closed doors when it comes to real success? I know I have, and this is exactly why this show was created. I have an insatiable desire when it comes to learning from the best in the world and an obsession with how successful people think, operate and execute. I want to know what sets these people apart from the average person. Each week, my focus is to have intimate conversations with successful CEOs, founders, athletes, experts, and leaders that have created extraordinary levels of success in their own lives. My goal is to ask the right questions whilst deconstructing their success process, their mindset, their life philosophy, and how they continue to achieve success. I want this information to be actionable for my listeners so you can achieve the success you desire and create your dream life. If you are hungry to grow and evolve to your full potential, then continue listening and subscribe as I deconstruct success from some of the greatest minds and the most inspirational individuals in the world. This week on Deconstructing Success, I spend some time with Grant and Elena Cardone. Grant Cardone is the CEO of Cardone Capital. He is an international speaker, entrepreneur and author of the 10X Rule and also the creator of 21 best-selling business programs. Grant owns and operates seven privately held companies and a $1.5 billion portfolio of properties. Grant is also the founder of the 10X Movement and is the number one sales and marketing trainer in the world. This interview was so much fun. I had the pleasure to interview both Grant and Elena in person. I initially interviewed Grant and then toward the end of the interview, Elena Cardone joined us and it was fascinating to see the two of them together. Elena's life philosophy is this, you are either building an empire or destroying one. Elena is a real force. She is a successful businesswoman, coach, speaker, and author of Build an Empire, How to Have It All. Both Grant and Elena are truly a united force with a united vision. I really felt that they were completely natural, and it was really evident to me that they both understood their own natural gifts and the roles that they each play in this relationship. They are such a powerhouse team. Welcome to my show. I'm Tima Alhaj. I am here. My guest today is none other than the incredible Grant Cardone. He is self-made, and I don't say that lightly because I genuinely believe that this man is self-made, and we'll definitely touch on that today. He started from nothing to creating five privately held companies, generating in excess of $150 million in revenue. Alongside that, with a real estate portfolio of up to $1 billion, is that correct? A little over that, but yeah. Over that now, okay. (laughs) Motivational speaker, speaking on a range of different topics, loving husband and incredible father. So thank you so much for joining us Tell Elena that I'm a loving husband, by the way, okay? (laughs) She can watch this interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Tima, for having me. Thank you. You know, when I talked about self-made, I I really, I mean, that word gets thrown a lot quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. And and I genuinely believe you are self-made because not only... Have you lost, you've rebuilt, you've maintained, you've expanded, yeah. and now you're in domination phase, which is incredible. That's awesome, man. That sounds great. 
If I was listening, I'd be very attractive to that. <laughs> so tell me, I'd love to know, how does one transition from maintenance to yeah. domination? Yeah. Well, you know, the, uh, the, the interesting thing you said about the setbacks, right? So I've ha I have had a number of setbacks. But in that, I have never, like, regardless of the setback, whether it was when I was young and had a bunch of really big losses in my life, or even when I was comfortable succeeding, doing well by other people's standards, and then starting to settle in and get complacent and comfortable, I have never quit. I've always known, had this little voice or spark that's like, hey, you can do more. Almost, almost a sense of disappointment. This, this nagging kind of like, the therapist or the psychiatrist, I'm sure, would say there's something wrong with me because I've never been satisfied. Yeah. And I think that the therapist and the psychiatrist are wrong, that it's actually something embedded by God so that we don't stop and we can, there is a nagging inside that says you can do more. Yeah, so and, you talk about, you're talking about obsession here, aren't you? Are you really talking more about obsession? Yeah, yeah, obsession yeah, yeah. More, than... more about just giving voice to and, and allowing to build the muscle around, I'm not satisfied. I know I can do more. I'm actually hallucinating, thinking I can do more, right? I like, like I said, it's a little delusional that I can do more. But, but it's not delusional because when I look out here, I see, the, I see the buildings. Somebody built those buildings. Those did not get there. Somebody might have thought about them, but there's a bulldozer that moved dirt and somebody that built that building and then somebody funded it in the background and somebody had to see it all the way through when they found out this was wrong or that was wrong or until the point to where they're in dominance. Okay, that building will never go away. It's gonna sit there, it's gonna dominate through cycles. And these are the kind of things that I wanna look up for my inspiration, not sideways. I wanna look up and be inspired by people that have done enormous things and made it look like uh, they're really special, that's why they did. But I don't think that that's true about the Mark Zuckerbergs and the, and the Steve Jobs and the, you know, even the biblical characters. These are normal people that did extraordinary things because they refused to get complacent. And so this drive... And they were obsessed, all of them. Well, this is the thing that I'd love to talk about is I know that obsession for you means so much more than just having a passion. And you refer to it as a real gift, like yeah, it's a yeah, bit yeah, of a superpower. Yeah, 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 yeah. So can you add a little bit more to that? Yeah, the thing, everybody has it. You know, everybody has, you know, I watch kids, I watch my kids play on the phone and they're there the whole time. Just like, it reminds me of when I was playing those games. Some of you guys that are older remember the games that we played on boxes. And you had to go someplace and put a quarter in. Now you don't have to go anyplace. You can just like, and we just play them all day long. There's nothing wrong with the kids today. Yeah. They're obsessed. They're obsessed with the next level. Notice all these games have levels. Candy Crush, Fortnite, they, they all have a level. I want to get to the next level. In fact, w watch how many times somebody will play level 118. Mm -hmm. And know all the same, and, and they finally get through 118. Now, now you're not going to play it again. You don't go back and play 118 once you conquer it. Then it's like 119, I want to play it again. And to, to the point to where that game becomes boring, then you look for another game in life. And so I have been obsessed. You know, I was told when I was 25 that my downfall was a character defect. They used all these words. I had a character defect. I was obsessive, compulsive. And I'm like, look, look I, these are not, these, these cannot be diseases and problems. These are gifts. Mm -hmm. I needed to lean into that. Mm -hmm. I needed to lean into what, whatever, however I got these things. 
And why did you ignore what they said and actually just see that as a real strength rather than just accept it and then possibly I, medicate yourself? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want what they had. I didn't want what Paul had. Yeah. You know, here, here, are people, here are people telling me, you have an addiction to this thing. You need to not, you need to not think about being an author. And I know, I know and that guy would love to write a book. Mm. You know, you can't think about speaking to tens of thousands of people. I'm like, that's the only way I can help people. How can I not help people? He thought I was grandiose and, and my ego, my ego was gonna somehow like devour me. I'm like, bro, I'm, everybody that's done anything great on this planet yeah. was obsessed. Don't, don't listen to Paul yeah. or my mom. My mom was like, you don't need all that stuff. You don't need all that stuff. I said, well, maybe you don't need it. Yeah. See, but my mom came out of the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. Anything to her was a victory mm-hmm. over the Great Depression. I didn't come out of the Great Depression. I came out of the middle class. The middle class to me was like the Great Depression. The middle class to me, turn off the lights, don't waste water, don't waste food, eat all your food, save everything. What to me was like this scarcity and, and, and suppressive mm-hmm. uh, environment that I'm like, I don't wanna, keep, I don't wanna do that in my life. I want, I want to enjoy the spoils of life. Mm-hmm. And I wanna have a lot of victories. I love that because that's a mindset that I feel a lot of people really struggle with in terms of the money mindset, you know, breaking through the, okay, let's, for example, let's talk about your jet, you know, your $50 million jet, which I want to know what it feels like to walk into a $50 million jet, first of all. Second of all, how do you look at that and say to yourself, that's actually possible because $50 million seems like a crazy amount of money, which it is, but you've you've, you've, again being self, self-made, yeah. you've well, made that look, happen. So. I, I don't want to say that I'm self, because a lot of people help me get where I am, you know? Number one, the, the, how does it feel, you know? Like, there's nothing more fun than that jet. <laughs> there, there's nothing in my life, like getting on that jet, the first time I got on that jet, and we took a one hour flight on, it was like one of the happiest one hours of my life. Yeah. And, you know, the thing about people that have jets is most people do not share how they got it, they don't share what it's like when they're on it. They share nothing. They don't tell anybody anything. It's like all this secret stuff. Once somebody makes it, nobody says anything. It's very true. It's, it's like keep the cards to the chest. Don't tell anybody chest. anything, okay? Yeah. They share with two people. Two people, they bring them on it. They hide the jet. You never see it. You never see pictures. Yeah. Elaine and I made a decision. We're not doing that. Yeah. I had three uncles. When my dad died, I had three uncles, and they wouldn't show me shit. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I couldn't see anything. Hey, how much money is a lot of money? We don't talk about money here. How much money do you have? We don't talk about money here. Uh, my one uncle bought a bunch of houses. Tell me how it works. Now, like, there, there was nothing, dude. There was nothing these people would tell me. I'm like, the only thing they would do is give me advice on what I was doing wrong. Show me how much money you have. Mm-hmm. Okay, I was with a billionaire. A guy just sold his company at that time for $4.4 billion. And I said, hey, will you show me your accounts? Yeah, man, sure, I'll show them to you. I was like, I couldn't wait to see him. Okay, I didn't need his money. Yeah. Right? I'm like, I just want to see your accounts. He's like, yeah, sure, you want to see him here. It was like nothing to him. Yeah, yeah, there they are. I look at him every day. Why did you want to see his accounts? I wanted to see how much money that looked like. Okay. It was $723,411,000 in a freaking checking account. $700 million. I couldn't even count. Like, I had to, <laughs> like, like, until you see it, you don't yeah. believe it's true. But, but just seeing it, it's like, oh my God, that was huge, right? Yeah. And interesting enough, I had the jet, he didn't. Mm-hmm. I flew him on my jet. Okay. He didn't have a reason for a jet. Yeah. He had all this money. He could buy my jet uh, 30 times. But, but, but you still gotta have a place to go. Mm-hmm. 
you still have to have a reason to go places to buy a jet. That's right. Fair. So number one, it's one of the great treats of our life. Number two, it, it's, a, it's a tool. Mm-hmm. It's just a tool to help me get places. That's right, because you've got your goal of 7 billion people that you want to inspire yeah, that's a lot, and, that's and a lot change. Of people. That's it a is lot a lot of people. people. And, and your beautiful wife yeah, yeah. and yourself, that's like a united vision, which I love. And, yeah, and yeah. if Elena's around, I'd love for her to join us at yeah. some stage if she's yeah. here. I'd love to know that 7 billion people, because that jet is going to help you really get closer and closer to really... We wouldn't, you and I wouldn't be meeting today if it wasn't for me flying yeah. down to Melbourne. Very, very true. Right, so it, 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 then, then you're putting me on your podcast. Now, I could have got here on... What is it, Qantas? Yeah, Qantas Airlines. I could, I could have done that, but that means what? I got to bring the two kids on Qantas. I got to bring the wife on Qantas. I got to bring the nanny on Qantas. Now I got five people on Qantas. Uh, now, now I got to fly on their time schedule, not ours. We've done Sydney, Brisbane, Melbourne. We'll do Auckland, Fiji, back to Sydney. Probably going to do Cairns on the way home, Hawaii, and Los Angeles. Oh, I forgot. Tokyo. He did Tokyo <laughs> on the way out. Like, like, we did nine countries yeah. two months ago. Mm-hmm. 34 days, nine countries. Mm-hmm. Only two of them were planned. The other seven were added. Right? So th- this, is, this is an experience my kids will, are having. Exactly. I'm, not, I'm not an executive in a company at Coca-Cola that flies out on a business trip across the United States to go, to go sell another deal for Coca-Cola or down to Bogota to get a deal. We're traveling the world to meet people. Mm-hmm to meet partners, friends, investors, to make new relationships, Mm -hmm. to be on podcasts like yours. I could have shot this for Miami. This is a lot better like this. Much better, especially for me. So thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And hopefully you get a bigger following, some of my following. I mean, we're in the Crown Hotel. I got American friends that have never been to Melbourne. They'll come to Sydney. You know, they might go to the Gold Coast. They didn't come to Melbourne. Melbourne's a beautiful city. I'm here to tell you guys. The Crown Hotel, this is one of the single nicest hotels I've ever been in in my life. Amazing. I'm so glad you're happy here. Yeah. So there were some t- defining moments in your life. So one at 10 when your father right. passed away. Yeah. That was obviously a, a real defining moment in your life. Yeah, and something yeah. that I remember hearing you say is that you felt as though that your dad let you and your family down. Yeah, 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 yeah. I feel that that was kind of like your fuel that you yeah, have totally. really been, you know, channeling since you were a child that's really helping you continue yeah. to build this yeah. incredible life that you've yeah, created. Yeah. And, and the next stage being, you know, when, when you left the treatment center, where you made the decision, you said, that's it. Yeah. I despise sales, but I'm going to be the best at it. Right, right, right. And you said to yourself, yeah. I want to be the best at this. So yeah. was it, why was this such a defining choice in your life? So look, when my dad died, it was like, you know, it, when I say that, that, that like, if my dad was here today, he would be like, hey, I'll let you guys down. Now, the audience needs to understand that my dad was actually super successful. By every measurement of the town he lived in, the city he lived in, my mom, his brothers, his sisters, everybody would have said he was a successful man, father, businessman, and community leader. If he was here today, and I didn't know my dad, I only spent, you know, I, I mean, I was 10, right? So how much time does a, a, a dad spend with a 10-year-old? A lot, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but, but he didn't get to spend a lot of time yeah. with me because he was being a successful businessman and father. Mm -hmm. If my dad was sitting here right now, he'd be like, oh yeah, Grant's right. I I was not a success in his own eyes. Because I know my dad wanted to leave his family in a different place. And so that's why, it's not my, my dad was not a deadbeat. And he was definitely a good dude. And he, he he was, by the church's standards, he was a good guy. By the social standards of the city, he was a good guy. But he would say, 
watching my mother the week after he died have to sell the house, that's not what he wanted. He didn't want her to have to sell the house the next week. So he just didn't figure some stuff out. That really did fuel me. I continue to go back and look at the failures of those people that I have studied and been mentored by Mm -hmm. and say, hey, where did they maybe not do everything they wanted to do? Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing is, what was the second question about? um, When you made the decision to say, I'm going to be the best at this. Yeah, yeah. so when I got got out of the treatment center, I, I, I had a job that I hated. But I didn't have any other job, so mm. like that was, it was only- a defining. It really changed your life, though. As soon well, yeah. as you made that decision from not doing so well to then saying, "That's it, I'm going to master this." Yeah, I'm going to master something I hate. Right, yeah. right. Which today in our culture, everybody's like, "Don't do anything you don't like to do. If you don't like to do it, don't do it. Do what you love to do, and the money will follow." No, I had to do what I hated yeah. because the stuff that I love to do, nobody would hire me to do it. Yeah, and and nobody. I didn't even know what I loved to do then. I was, such a loser. <clears throat> I was such a loser at that time. So it's like, hey, what can I do right now? I can't only do this job. This is the only job I have. I need to become a master at that. Interesting enough, the thing that I hated, when I got good at it, I realized it was my future. And at 35, even though you were doing really quite well, you still felt as though that you were not the businessman yeah, well, the that business, you wanted yeah, to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, you've done a lot so, of good studying. Yeah, I have. I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm very inspired by yeah. the both of you. So what did it mean to you at the time at 35? Like, what, what did a businessman look like to you and why did you not feel like well, you were that person? I was 35. Even when I was 45, I was like, because I, 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 knew, I knew something was wrong at 35, but, but I didn't change until I was 45 because I had enough money not to change. It's a funny thing about money. You can have enough to where you, you're like, I'm not going to change. Yeah. And... What I knew when I looked in the mirror was I was a transactional guy. I lived off transactions. I did not, if you're a cameraman and you're, you're like, you're going out or a photographer and you're, you're doing deals on the weekends, okay? You started as an artist, you love photography, and now you're a transaction guy. That is, you're doing weddings only because you need the 200. I had become a transactional guy. And if I didn't go out and do a transaction, money didn't come in which means you're not a business. Mm-hmm. Business is, I wake up in the morning and we're doing business. The money is gonna ring a dinga. We're gonna have the income uh, whether I come a or not a. That's a song right there. The, the, I love the, that. I said the <laughs> inner come is a come a, come a, because <laughs> even if I don't, a come a. So, so um, you, you know, like, like, and that means, hey, how many businesses do I need? Like I have, I mean, I'm a partner or own 17 little companies right now probably going to be a hundred. And the more I own, the more, the more I do, the more I realize I can do stuff. And I'm not, I won't be the first guy that has his hands in a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And, and, and I would, I would encourage everybody to start thinking like that. You do, you do think extremely big. And I love that. Um, I know Actually, I don't know that I think big. I just gave up on thinking small. <laughs> well, that's actually the, a great The small thing is freaking terrible, man. I that's mean, really true. It's a great perspective. Yeah. It's just those little things yeah, that really yeah. make a difference, yeah. don't they? I'd love to go back to 2008 where uh-huh. you said to Elena the famous words, yeah. we are going to die. Yeah, we're going to die. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And she was pregnant with your first. Right. And she was not going to accept that for, yeah, yeah. for anything. She said, yeah. I'm not ready to die. You go and you figure out what you need to do. Yeah. Then you went away and you, what is it, about three hours? Yeah, I wrote a book in three hours. You yeah. wrote a book in three yeah. hours. Yeah. So 
When you shut that door, and when obviously, just to give context to the audience, this is when the financial crisis was happening. Right, right. And you, was it the bank that you owed, was it 42 million? The yeah, contract yeah, changed, yeah, the yeah, bank came yeah, over yeah, and yeah, took over the yeah, contracts. Yeah, and yeah. You didn't lose the assets, did you? But you had to pay oh God, it was, a large well, sum. Well, the stress was, the stress was, you know, the bank, the bank that I owed $42 million to went under. Yeah. It was the bank, uh, San, Diego National Re- San Diego National Bank. They went under, and a new bank from Minneapolis came in. They, bu- they were given, basically given the assets of the bank, including my debt, which was one of them, and said, the new bank can take it. A new bank comes in and says, we, you need to pay the loan off. Mm. I'm like, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen today. <laughs> not today. <laughs> and in fact, I have five years left, in the, four and a half years left on this loan. It's like, no, 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 you don't, because when the bank gets taken over, mm-hmm. You're actually in technical default because blah, blah, blah. Everybody, the whole world was in technical default. I hadn't done anything wrong. I'd paid them every month, made my payments every month, never been late. But I was in technical default because the asset value of everything on planet Earth had changed. So that happened. This other thing happened. Like everything was just coming down at the same time. And Elena's like, what's happening? Because she could see that I was terrified. Mm. And I'm like, dude, you know. We're going down. <laughs> and not we we ain't going down like in a good way. We going down. We we're gonna die. And she's like, you gotta figure this out. I said, I know, I know. Cause I knew it was me to figure it out. It wasn't her job to figure it out, it was my job to figure it out. And I went I went and wrote a book called Seller Be Sold. I'm like, what what is the world gonna have to do now? Oh, the whole world's gonna have to become a salesperson. But what happened in between? So Elena said that to you. You've walked into the room, you've shut the door. Yeah, yeah. What was going on in your mind? I gotta get known. You've got to get known. I gotta get known. I, I So you didn't go into fear or No, yeah, I mean I was in fear. I was in fear every second. I was so having, you, you know, I was having trouble sleeping. Like it was yeah, I was in fear. Does that mean I've got to put myself out there? I've got I gotta my get known. name has I gotta to be, get known. People need to I, know my name. I gotta know. I gotta get known. I gotta get known everywhere. Because I, I just realized, you know, sometimes when, when, when you get hit with, with a bunch of stuff at one, time, at one time, you'll either submit or you'll be like, you get strong out of it. Yeah. You know, superhero stuff happens, right? It's, it's, I don't mean the comic characters. I'm, I'm talking about the mother, the mother that picks up the, the burning car. Yeah. You know, she weighs 80 pounds and she picks up 8,000 8, pounds or something, right? And she's like, oh, get out of there. Those moments, that was a moment. It was that pre- pressure makes diamonds. And it was this moment. To where, okay, there's no place to go. I got this legal problem over here. I got this bank issue over here. I have no place to go. I have no, I can't make a sales call. Nobody's answering the phones. Companies aren't buying anything. I can't exchange with anybody. I got a house I can't sell. And just all this stuff. Okay, what do I got to do? You got to get known, dude. Mm. Because nobody's going to give you anything. The handful of companies on this planet that still have money don't even know who you are. They don't even know your life. Like everything came crunching down. You need to get known. These names on these companies out here, I don't know who some of the names of the companies are. Who is that? CPA, Central Equity. I don't even know these companies. BPM, um, Salvo. I don't know who these companies are, but you know, you go to the States, it's going to be UBS, Goldman Sachs, Blackstone. Like yeah. Everybody knows the names of these companies. Yeah. The companies that were too big to fail, the whole world knows their names. And where I failed my business and my family was nobody knew me. Because if people know you, they'll, they'll continue to conduct business with people they know. Mm-hmm. And so when, around that time as well, you mentioned the lawsuit. So you had a $60 million lawsuit yeah. with people yeah. that you thought you were yeah. really your friends. We're my friends, Pretended yeah. to be your friends. Yeah, yeah. 
How does one get over that? Thank you. Um, sorry about this, friend. Um, how you don't have time get to get over, over it. You don't have time to get over it. You just got to keep pushing through. You got to like, like, okay, here it all comes, you know? And you, you have to assume that you're going to get on the other side of it. And if you, when you get on this side, look, I just kept telling myself, if I don't fail, I'm sorry, if I don't quit, I won't fail. If I don't quit, I won't fail. If I, I just kept telling myself. Actually, I remember getting out of treatment center, the treatment center for drug addiction. And I just used to tell myself, if you don't use today, then wake up tomorrow and decide tomorrow. And then I'd put one day at a time, okay? Okay, I got 29 days now. Now I got 30 days. Mm. Next thing you know, I had 30 years of not using drugs, mm-hmm. right? So I just kept telling myself, if you don't quit, you won't fail. And Elena was there. If we don't quit, we won't fail. We'll get through this. And, and, and the whole world, the whole world was getting punished. It mm-hmm. wasn't just us. Like, it, the world didn't care. You didn't care about your race, your religion, your age, nothing. It didn't care. Like, you were just, everybody was getting scorched. How much has Elena, and, because I really see her as like a protector. You know, she, she, ta- she looks after you. She, she protects what you both love and the, this vision that you both have. How much of her presence, how much has that really impacted on your, yeah, she's, on this she, empire that you build? She, she's uh, been, been like, you know, I'm a tank and she's the fuel, mm. right? Uh, uh, you know, and, and, and so... I feel that she plays to your strengths really well. So she understands exactly who you are. I know that sounds silly. Yeah, yeah, she's she married does. to you, but she's she, really directing you in the direction that you Yeah, she, she does. And, and, you know, uh, you know it, it, she would even, you know, we're married. So, so any of my defects are <laughs> definitely going to be more, like, magnified with her. She'll know about them. But, look, you need a team. You need a team around you. And it yeah. starts with the person that you're, that you're sleeping with every day. And if you're going to choose to be with somebody, you, get, you better make sure they're on the same page. Because mm. if you can't figure that out. If you can't figure out how to get the person you sleep with to be on the same page with you, you ain't going to figure out how to make your dreams come true. Yeah, absolutely. It's just not going to happen. Absolutely. Or if you figure out how to make your dreams come true, they're not going to be with you at the end of this thing. Because that, that, that's hard. Look, doing life by yourself is one thing. Like, it's already complicated. You, you add a person, and now your relationship, it just got doubly, doubly, at least doubly more complicated. So, so the best thing to do is get both parties on the same page, and then you're going to start adding people. So we're not two people. This isn't two people doing this. This is probably a core of about eight or ten people that are trying to build something. And that, that core is going to have to get bigger. Mm-hmm. And everybody needs to be on the same page. And then in Elena's book, Build an Empire, she talks about, like, you got to get rid of some of these people, too. Some of these people get stale. They get bad. You know, Jesus, even Jesus had some bad people next to mm-hmm. him. You got you to cut those bad people off or they're going to get you killed. Yeah. So Elena is a, she's a big dreamer. Mm-hmm. She's massive. Like, she's not stuck in mechanics. Like, she doesn't, the beautiful thing about sunglasses, you just go buy them and put them on like, damn, I look, they look good or not. You don't think about the screw it took to, to get in here, you know, what it took, what temperature. You're not worried about, that's the mechanics. You know, hey, I just want to look cool, right? So same thing for a watch, you know. I just get to go buy it, wear it. Somebody else had to build it. Elena doesn't worry about mechanics. Mm-hmm. She's like, what would we need? She, she's that if it was possible. She, she asked that big question. What if it Because she's not stuck in mechanics. Yeah. I'm this guy. <laughs> Give me a shovel. Let's go. What do I got to dig? How many? How many? How many? All, I just want to know the math. How many times do I have to do this until I got my hole? And, and right? So, and then Elena's like, we just want a hole. She doesn't know anything about a shovel. She doesn't know about gloves. She doesn't know about calluses. Yeah. She doesn't know about 
She's just like, we just need a hole because that hole will get us to water and the water will be worth something and people will pay for the whatever. Well, this is where- You need both though. Absolutely. You need the dreamer and you need the doer. So this is where the $1 billion conversation came yeah. into play. How did you take that? I was she- furious. I was furious when she said, you need, to become, you need to be a billionaire. We'd spend some time with this guy that had just, he had this huge score. And I'm not, I'm not you know, there's a lot of details to this story, but that, that were, may, maybe I'll do in a book one day, but um, <laughs> Elena's like, you need to be a billionaire. And I was just like, I wanted to punch her in the face. Like, I just wanted a freaking cracker right over the freaking like break her nose, like just like wham. <laughs> Never wanted to hit a woman so hard in my life, right? And then, um, okay, I can't hit her. That will not be good on Instagram. There she is, right there. There she is. Okay. Hi, and uh, Elaine, we got you. You want to throw a mic on real quick and do like five or six minutes with me? You're more than welcome to join us. Yeah, maybe they can throw a mic on you. No. We get a piece of it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. You just you can just no, come come next to me. Come next to me. Come next to me. And so I wanted to really just crack her in the face, and and uh, and uh, that's not an American thing, by the way. I know you all. Every once in a while, you want to hit your wife or your, or your girlfriend, and the girlfriend wants to hit you guys. It probably does, but because I was so so I was so like, do you have any idea what you're talking about? And she's like. No, but you know what? I know you can do it. 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 And even if you can't do it, I know you should do it. Like, even if you can't get there, we can just think about this. And she's like, and and I also know that if you have a target big enough, you will not be hammering on me every day. Like, she understands men. men, men like me. And, 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 and the concept there is she understood a man like me needs, you know, I'm like, I'm like a damn golden retriever. <laughs> I, I, need, I, need, no. I need somebody throwing a bones. A Rottweiler. A Rottweiler. Rot, Rottweiler. I, need, I need somebody throwing. a sweet little golden retriever. I need, I need to chase a bone. <laughs> I read your book. I absolutely loved it. And I'm really, really glad that you've joined the interview because perfect segue, Grant, by the way. Um, That's what I do. <laughs> I'd love to talk a little bit about your book and also the role that you play in this incredible empire that you're both building. I feel that you, even though you stand for independence, you're still unified as a team. And I really find that a beautiful combination because there are not a lot of women out there that are okay to be okay with helping and mm-hmm. being alongside their partner mm-hmm. without coming across as though they're being subservient yes, or weak, yes. which I think this is actually a beautiful strength. And I really want to highlight that point because I feel that a lot of women are very fearful of, in a way, not necessarily giving up their dreams because they're just creating new ones. It's mm-hmm. not giving anything up. It's just creating something new. So I really just want to make that point. And I love the mechanics behind everything that you that you create in in behind the scenes. So are you hearing that, Grant? No, Elena's looking at you. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Is that confirmation that oh, yeah, no, all the hard I'm just, work you, No, when I, when I hear you say it, it just, it's just nice to hear an outside source sometimes, like see what you are doing and validate it. It's like, wow, you know, we have really come far together as a couple and everything that you're saying is true. And 
I have found, and I've gone on the record now and said, I have found my strength and power, my true strength and power as a woman through a man. You know, certainly he never gave it to me, but in what it took for me to stand up and be not only his equal, maybe sometimes above his equal, below, it doesn't matter. Sometimes in relationships you have to pull, sometimes someone's pulling you, sometimes you're, you know, but no matter what, we've been a team and I'm proud of what we've created yeah, and who yeah. we are. And and the certainly we're and day. certainly we're not perfect, you know, and, and we have our struggles. <laughs> we have our struggles, you know, but it's like it's all worth it in the end because we are achieving our goals. And that is what happiness is. It's achieving your goals despite all the challenges and conflicts and 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 that's what creates like the, the love kid. and the it's relationship. Like the it's like the kid, sorry to interrupt you, but it's like the kid. Coming home. I'll be reporting. Yeah, yeah. Reporting the here is Grant Cardone. School and says, oh, you got, you got a bad report. Look, I got A's and everything else. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No? We lost us. Like, Completely yeah. lost us. You, you guys get it. We right. were doing so good. Hey, man, you, you got you to gotta be in this. Yeah, dude, I got A's and everything else. You know, fuck you. <laughs> Goddamn, I'm doing good, dude. Okay? Okay, so, so, so I pulled the little girl's uh, hair. You know? So, so I got a little bit of a behavior issue. I okay, so, so the translation for all the women out there is so, so what if he's got some little, you know, scruffies around the edges? It's like he's, he's producing and showing up as a man in this relationship, loving and protecting his yeah. woman and children. I'm not perfect. She knew that, that when she got in. Yeah, and neither am I. So we, yeah. I get the point. Well, that's that's the sure. translation. But I'm pretty damn good. Yeah. Come on now. Come on. Come on, GC. <laughs> it's very true. So I, I love that you, you know what your roles are, and I think that's really what creates this successful yeah, relationship. Her role is you, to tell me what to do. <laughs> I, do I mean, does he listen? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? He does. Do he does. He does listen. He he will. This man will walk to the edge of the earth for me, for our children, for the community. And for mankind, if if you're a good person and he believes in the people that, that he believes in yeah. and vice versa, and he's never let me, the kids, or anyone that I know down. So he is a good person. Yeah. He'll, he'll always show up. He'll always deliver. And he'll always listen because I say, Unless go get know. it. Go get it done. Yeah. Go. It's that way. <laughs> go. You know, and if you're not a good guy, if you're, the, if you're on the other side, then I will spend my time, you know, doing everything I can to, to destroy you. Will. I will. I love, right. I love And you, you know gotta what? You got to have both. You, you know, this you isn't this isn't like fairy tale land. You know, unfortunately, we live on a planet where there are some people that 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 actually thrive on seeing other people fail because mm. somehow they don't have enough products of their own. So their only product is to feel okay by everybody else failing and doing miserable. And, and they don't they hold other people down because they're challenged by other people's strengths, right? And that happens in your organization. Is your, your organization gets bigger? And we travel the world and we meet two people. Like anybody, anybody thinks that we're not going to meet bad guys, mm -hmm. confused people, people that don't want us to do well, people that get in under the, look, I've already been through this. Like I, this happens on this planet. Anybody think that that doesn't, that doesn't happen if you don't think it does happen. You just haven't been around long enough. You're living in some cartoon book. Well, it does. Fantasy. It absolutely does. Happen. Sure. And it did happen to the both of you with the with your friend, well, pretend friends with yeah, the $60 yeah. million lawsuit. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to, because I know we don't have much time left. So let's talk about the vetting process. So you're very, very focused on and very detailed on making sure that you do all the checks to make sure that whoever comes in the, the circle is going to really have your back. Mm -hmm. What does that actually look like? Because that must be a very, very long process. 
It is. It, it, the process looks like, okay, you look at all the red flags and don't ignore the red flags. And do they really have the true beliefs as you? Because if they have different beliefs as, as you as an undercurrent and they don't even realize themselves that they have it. Like, let's say, let's take something really easy. Like somebody that works in our organization that really doesn't like money, let's say, or doesn't like rich people. Okay. And then they perceive me as a rich person, but they don't know that they have this deep-seated hatred towards rich people. But then, and so they're nice to me and they think they're nice to me. These are the hardest people to detect, by the way. That's why I'm giving this example. So they might be nice to me. So it might be really hard for me to detect it. But eventually it leaks out like, wow, they're actually trying to hurt the organization because they can't have money. They can't have rich people. So they will try to do everything in the organization to have accidents, to cause problems, to make money mistakes. Not just once. It becomes a reoccurring theme. And then that person I have to look at, okay, well, are they intentionally or not intentionally, they become a a liability to me and to my empire and to my beliefs. So then artfully, they, they're going to have to go at the, some the point. Non-intentional is actually the most dangerous. more dangerous than the intentional. Because it's so hard to see. It's so hard yeah. to see, you know? Well, they don't even know. It. And they, then they, they're just the, making mistakes. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the more obvious is like, okay, well, who's being nice to you, but then behind your back going to all the employees nattering about you, mm-hmm. starting the little festering seeds that, you know, then all of a sudden the entire company is not focused on the big picture and who we're helping and how we're changing the world and how we're going to do this one project and get it off. All of a sudden now all the attention is off of that and onto the internal. This person's got this problem and this, and then... I'm getting the jab in the back. He, he wants me okay. to laugh. All right. <laughs> that was really subtle, Grant. <laughs> no, was it? Was so, it? Well, sure, I mean, sure. a couple. No, you weren't. <laughs> but, but on the flip side of that, it's also the overspender in the organization. Yeah. You know, the person that needs to spend more money all the time. They need to, I need to spend more money. We got to spend more money. It's the person that overspends on their own bills. Mm-hmm. They overspend money that they haven't earned yet. Like, like those are flip sides of the same conversation. And there's a person that can't show up on time, can't get there early, can't yeah. get there late, says, you know, blah, 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 whatever. The, the people that listen to other people's garbage. Like, it, it, people need to be, if you want to build an empire and keep it, like, this, the empire thing's not a new thing. It's been happening for thousands of years. If you want to build an empire and keep one, you got to build it. You got to bring good people in. You got to keep creating on it. You got to protect it. You got to get rid of people. You got to, you know, recruit new people. Mm-hmm. And you can't just keep it. If, if it finally gets to one size and you just try to stop it that one size, you're going to lose it. you got to keep creating on it. And so that's what Elena's doing a great job with and having a podcast meeting with you today and, and spreading the word. It, it, it allows things to continue to, to, to maybe get bigger well, or more people involved. I've got a couple more questions and I need to go. What are the things that you think you're teaching your children with everything that you're creating every single day? To be monsters. I love that. Be dangerous. I love that. Meet everybody. Meet strangers. Have fun. Like, have an adventure. Landon's a great mother, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, I think we're teaching them how to trust themselves as little independent beings and to have confidence and be contributing members of society. And they understand that Team Cardone is all about making a difference for the better. And so they look for ways in that in themselves and just really allowing them to don't get, get the hand away from me. <laughs> I can see your hand too. Yeah, it's so annoying. It's like, it's so invalidating. It's like, am I saying, am I, am I talking too much? Is what I'm saying horrible? Like, it's very introverting. It's like, he's trying to stop me. Um, 
Anyway, I, I, I just want I them to have the, the platform to figure out who they are yeah. and be contributing members of society. And do whatever they want to do. You know, what do they want to do? You're, you're amazing parents. And, uh, and I love what you're teaching your kids through your actions. I think it's so, so important. And my last question is, what do you think Limitless Potential is? Because that's part of my mission is I believe that our potential is limitless. We can construct to be whoever we want to be. Yeah, yeah. So what's your definition of limitless potential? Yeah, I mean, I love that. It says it all right there. Just it says it all. Like, like there's no limits on it, and 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 it's easy to say that. But what does it really mean? Like, mm-hmm. I go back to what I said about Atlanta. What if we could do anything? What would it be? What would we need? Rather than this is our budget. A budget is 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 a limitation. What what is what would we need in our refrigerator to have the life that we want to have? The People, refrigerator life. The refrigerator of life. Because everybody's got a refrigerator, right? Yeah. Like, there's food in it. Mo- most people actually feed their kids. Everybody's kind of got that, that piece down. They got shoes on their ki- feet and clothes, and kids aren't going out naked. And you ate? Did you eat this morning? Yeah. Yeah. So, so well, yeah. So cute. She didn't want to eat, but I did eat. <laughs> okay. So, you know, then, then hey, what else, what else could we create, you know, in our life? What would we need to meet people like you? Yeah. And limitless, to me, I'm still exploring it. I know that I've only tapped into such a small. (laughs) I've only tapped into such a small (laughs) potential that I have. So, you know, I'm I'm interested in, you know, can can we really reach 7 billion people on the planet? No. Probably not. You know, but I'm interested in, I'm trying to see how big I can go. I'm trying to see what is a little girl from New Orleans, Louisiana, how far can she make it without any college education, without, you know. What is limitless yeah. potential to hey. you? What is, what is limitless potential to you? Limitless? limitless? Without limitless. limits. What does it mean to you? It means without anywhere to go. What? How about this? Like, what are we teaching you as parents? Is that a better question? Yeah, that is a better question. <laughs> well, you're teaching me how to manage money. And you're not doing a very good job at it. <laughs> no, because she spends it. So she hasn't learned how to multiply it yet. No. Or save it. <laughs> okay, anything else? What does your potential mean? My potential. Well, you're a 10X kid, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I don't know what to say. <laughs> you always know what to say. I know. But not today. Okay. 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 Goodbye. Thanks for joining us. (laughs) So look, I really appreciate you having us on here and taking interest in what we do. She's done so much research. I'd love to come back and do this another time with you. I'd love to as well. Thank you so much. It's an absolute honor to have you on the show, and I'm happy to contribute to your mission as well. Really, I genuinely mean that. So thank thank you. you. Thank Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. At Deconstructing Success, we have so many more incredible conversations for you to download, listen to, and share. Check out the links in the podcast description so that you can continue to learn, apply, and evolve. We would love for you to support the show. And you can do this by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or leaving a comment on your favorite platform. You can also share this episode with someone that you know who can benefit from listening to today's show. If you wish to connect with me personally, you can find me on LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Just type in Tima Alhaj, send me a direct message, and let me know which episode you listen to. All of the links are in the podcast description. Your future success is waiting for you. 
Until next time, this is Tima.